Peace, peace. Once again, we're back with a new episode of Morsh Masterminds with Shem L, Brother Shem L. So I'm just going to go ahead here and um, get us started. And so everybody can get um, familiar. Well, basically, I'm looking forward to having our brother come on shortly. And I, before we do that, I'm going to go and provide the just the background of everything, as I usually do. So let me just go into it real quick so everybody can get an understanding of, where, of what this is about. So on this particular episode, uh, we'll be having a discussion. I'll be talking with author and scholar Eric Munjing Bay my good brother out of Richmond, Virginia, divine minister and adept of the Moorish Holy Temple of Science in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, brother Eric will be discussing his book, Noble Soul, The Mystical Sciences of the Man, the Moor, and the Message, as well as speaking on topics such as who is Noble Drew Ali, what is a prophet, Prophet Drew, the Egyptian adept, how did the prophet begin to uplift the Moorish Americans? What is more science? And also, what is the Circle Seven? And much, much more. As promised, as I always promise, you'll be hearing from yet another influential mastermind in Moorish science. And I just want to say here that I'm really excited particular show at this time. Uh, one of the reasons is that this will be his first interview. Um, he has not done any interviews in reference to um, his book or or any other book. He actually has a. This is not his first book, by the way. We're going to get into that, and he has a new book coming out also as well. I'll let him um, speak on that. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just really excited right now on all of that. Um, just to give you some background about how I met the brother. Brother Eric Munchen Bay. I first met him uh, some years ago at the 11th Moorish Unity Summit in Washington, D.C. That was the first time I saw the brother. And I had my table there. I had my, you know, my literature. This is when I just, all I had, I think, was um, Who Was Elohim, my, my first book on Moorish science at the time. And and he um, he gave me he gave me um, his book, the book that um, he had was on the Moorish questionnaire at the time. Um, that was the book that he had. He gave it to me as a gift, and I was on his first time meeting the brother, and I felt his spirit. Good brother, um, very good brother. Later on, we met again at the Moorish Unity Summit that we ended up having in North Carolina, uh, um, close to Durham by our temple. We have our temple um, in North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. And he did an excellent demonstration. We're going to speak on that when we get a chance. And also um, went to his temple, the Moorish Holy Temple of Science in Richmond, Virginia, 
and he, this brother's um he's he's a humble brother but yet he's full of so much wisdom uh, i told him that he is definitely a hidden jewel in this movement because we have a lot of teachers out there a lot of great scholars um some more known than others you know done great works but you know you pretty much know them you know they put themselves out there they promote themselves heavy uh which which is rightfully so understandably so but this brother is so humble that you know you have to be in his presence to really know just to really receive how much wisdom this brother has how much insight spiritual insight he has he's He's one of those true faithful Moors that has been part of this movement since a child. He grew up in this movement. He grew up in the temple. I'll let him tell you his story. So to give you insight, this is not somebody who just came along a few years ago, read some books, saw some videos, and then started to, you know, write a bunch of books. No, he he actually grew up in this movement. So he's giving you things from a perspective that not many can give. So I'm really, really excited about having him on. And being that this is actually his first, um, be the first interview that he's ever done. And just, of course, being the first uh, interview done on YouTube, you know, this, we, I'm trying to get him on the actual Google Hangouts to see if he can get on. If not, what I'll probably end up doing is just making the call and just putting it out that way. Cause I, I really, um, really want to have him here. Just give you some, um, uh, overall view, um, description of the book itself, noble soul, the mystical sciences of the man, the more and the message, um, by brother, Eric Munjan Bay, divine minister. And again, I put the, I put the link up there on the chat. So you can get it on Amazon. If you don't have it, go order it right now. Uh, it basically says, absorb the mystical sciences of Noble Draw Lee with an insight of numerology and astrology within the vision of symbolism and sacred names that will reveal a profound and astonishing reality. Born from the highest altitude attainable by human conception, love manifests the presence and the attributes of the universal creator that became emerged into the great and humble noble soul. And of course, that's none other than noble draw Lee. And, um, and I forgot to mention the, the other book that he gave the, um, I believe was his first book is called discover the key to the Moorish questionnaire, a guide for all Moorish Americans. And that was the book that he gave me blue, blew my mind. Um, that, that book blew my mind. And then when he came with this, oh my goodness. So I know his next book is going to be really, really powerful. Um, something that everybody can enjoy. Islam, Brother Tyel Islam, Brother Raphael Hakeem Bey, Islam Moors. I'm glad y'all can make it. I probably, I sent him the link. So I'm thinking that he got it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, send my brother a text. See if he got the message. See if he got the link. If not, we're just going to go ahead and do this 
kind of old school kind of flip and bounce it where we can um i have them on speakerphone so we can go ahead and have this conversation because i really want him to say really go into this book yeah the, um this brother here like you know when there's some brothers who you know has an insight on on a spiritual level um not just when they speak but just how they conduct themselves you know if you can go you can check his um facebook page and you can see what i'm talking about he's in the martial arts um a musician i mean this this brother is a a master of a lot of different trades so you know and he's he's going to speak on that basically when uh we get him on Let's see if he can go here. I know he's new to uh, the Google Hangouts thing, so we'll see what's up. But while I have, while we're waiting, I want to talk on some things in reference to Prophet Noble Juali, uh, because this is the subject matter, the metaphysics of Juali. Um, some of you were able to check out. The last show I did with Dr. Eileen Bay. And what we talked on was a lot of the history pertaining to Noble Jirali, um in reference to Canaanite Temple, ETC. And uh, we're going to get into some history as well, but I wanted to also speak on a lot of insights on a lot of things that we didn't get into on the last show. I think this is a, um, a great continuation of our last conversation, the last show that we, uh, we did. So that that's really key because with that, we can kind of get into more about the importance of Prophet Noble Jirali, you know, for those of us who are in the temple and we're very familiar with the lessons, of course, we know within our Moorish questionnaire, the question is asked, who is Noble Jirali? He is a prophet of Allah. Okay. And, um, and we know that a prophet is a thought of Allah manifested in flesh. And the duty of a prophet is to save nations from the wrath of Allah. And that's really a great way to sum up the prophet. Because Prophet Noble Jirali being a thought of Allah is one who is really manifesting the highest level, you know, coming from the highest plane of life, really the highest frequency of vibration you can have is the thought of Allah. And that's what we're really trying to get into. That's what we are striving as people who are, um, whether we say we Muslims, you know, children of the most high ETC, that's what we're really striving to be one with Allah. And that's what's, that's what's necessary. So to really 
go into um, basically what what is important with with the knowing the history of Prophet Noble Jalali, then we're we're able to actually, you know, get into knowing what it is that we need to do. So based on that alone, I think I think that's something that is to be definitely um um definitely dealt into. What I'm about to do now, I just see communication from the brother, is I'm about to call my brother and put him on a speakerphone so we can have this conversation. Now this is this is different. So I'm gonna ask everybody if you're on the um if you're on the chat, I want you to just um, give me some feedback to let me know that you can hear the brother. And if not, just let me know, like, you know, I can't hear the brother, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll just take it from there. We're just going to go straight in and have them build on it. So let me do this right here. Islam more. Yeah, right. Islam, I have you um on speakerphone. Right, so Islam, so we're basically um we're live on the live stream. And uh All right. okay, so we can go ahead and uh just go into it. Basically, uh so I wanna first first um extend my honors to you and gratitude for you being on the show uh, and taking your time out Islam. Um, and I gave the people an introduction and I'm going to reintroduce um, you as well. Um, you are of course a divine minister, Eric, brother Eric Munjin Bay uh, from the Moorish Holy Temple of Science in Richmond, Virginia. And you have you have a couple of books out. You are the author of a couple of books that have already been published. Uh, the one we're speaking on now is Noble Soul. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, just getting straight to it, before we even get into the book, brother, um, to, to try to introduce, get people familiar with you as an author and as a person who came to this knowledge. Could you give us some background about you um, as to who you are, how you came into the knowledge of Prophet Noble Jurali? Because you have a very interesting story um, that we've talked about in the past. Right. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, praise the Lord. It began in, um, with my family. Uh, it was way back in the 60s. And my uncle started it. My father came from a family of eight. Out of the eight, only two joined the temple, which was my uncle. And my uncle introduced it to my father, and my father took it on. So I was going to temple number 10 in North New Jersey. And from there, from North New Jersey, um, I think back, back in the city, I was so young, so I don't really didn't know. I just felt it. You know, spiritually, I felt it. It was right. On the other flip side, my mother was a Christian. So there was a lot of 
controversy as a child going on my mind, what, what's, you know, what's, what's going on, because when my mother brought me to church, I actually ran out. I couldn't, the spirit was like, I ran out. So my father and my mother decided to um, be neutral. And when we got to a certain age, me and my brother, we choose our own. And I'm going to speed forward because there's a lot of history dealing with that. So in the meantime, I'm at the age of 24. And that's when it all began. Everything began to unfold at the age of 24. Within 24, uh, within three years, I became an adult and went to teacher school and developed a whole different, you know, uh, thing of learning. What's interesting is that I was more familiar with uh, self as a child. And what I mean by that, I was aware of certain things. So I was, I was at a time where they started the black as a child, and I couldn't stand it. I, I, for some reason, I didn't know why. I just like, I, you know, I couldn't stand it. So, you know, growing up, like, all right, Dad, why you obey? And I couldn't understand it. Now I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, whoa. And when I got to that, again, when I got to that age, um, my life was cheating. But at the age of 27, and I became getting to the chamber and stuff like that and go to teacher school, I began to have a, 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 some clarity in trying to find some clarity within myself. So that's pretty much the basis of how I got introduced to the organization and, and its teachers. And... The teacher that was on the scene uh, was Brother Hamid A. Hill. And Brother Hamid A. Hill was uh, a brother. He's also in my book. I had gratitude towards him. But he, he was my father's teacher, and then he became my teacher. And he joined the temple in 1928. He went into the chamber under the founding as well. And then he got further instructed under the reincarnated prophet for those who know the John Gibbons Hill. Uh, which goes into a whole different paradigm in certain teaching. So I got really pretty much deep into the study, but it really didn't unfold for about um, maybe 12 years. I've been in this organization as a member for 32 years. So I'm unseen and unheard because of the things that I'm doing. And it's a whole lot of work within yourself. To give you an example from what I'm referring to, if y'all familiar with chapter three, chapter three is a three-year course, not three years. The prophet just summed it up to that particular uh, chapter, but that's a three-year course. So, you know, it's a whole lot when things begin to unfold. The message that we, we get, we don't pretty much understand it until your mind has been prepared for it. Uh, so that's pretty much my background as coming up in the, in the, in the temple. Islam, praise Allah. And I wanted to um, add to that. Now, now you did state about the fact that you um, were pretty much raised in the temple. And right. correct me if I'm wrong. Well, now, I know you're currently in Richmond, Virginia, but you started out in New Jersey. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. I so, was at Newark, right. Mm -hmm. You said Newark? Newark, New Jersey? Newark, New Jersey. Praise right. Allah, which is where the prophet, you know, founded the movement. Mm -hmm. 
Praise All Allah. Right. Now, can you give us um at that time kind of paint a picture of Newark, New Jersey at that time when you was growing up as far as the scene with the Moors, you know, what was yeah. what, what was it like? I didn't really understand a lot of things, but I, I noticed that there's people around me with, with red, red something on their head. I didn't know, I didn't know what it was red or turban, but it was red, and, and it was a community. We had Morris businesses, um, so they had a lot of businesses in North Springfield Avenue. That's where the temple was at. So you know, as a child, you're walking up to the temple, and all you see is turban that bends out. It's just it's a lot, and I didn't know at the time, but as got old, as I got older, I understood that there were a lot of businesses. And uh, within those businesses, it fell because we did have a riot. We called the North Riots. We had two riots. And as a child, when a riot came out, and we wasn't allowed to go outside. So my father would pull down the shades and don't even look out outside. And what my father would do, he'll go outside. But what he did was, before he went outside, he put on his bed. Outside, you know, so I really didn't, you know, understand as a child when I see things and, you know, kind of, you know, maintain that memory of, of, of looking at something as a child is kind of stay with you. But I know when it was the time for us to go back outside, nothing was the same again. Nothing. Nothing was the same again. And the all the worst businesses, what happened to them was they, they pretty much sold out. They sold their business. They wasn't really understanding the economic that they had. So if someone came with a deal with a lot of money, hey, all right, I'll sell it. You know, they didn't really understand that. So it, it you know, it, it's um, something to think about what the, what the project brought. But it was a strong uh, community of Moors. Uh, and I met, a, along the way, I met a lot of elders. Um, as, as I got into the temple, I met elders here in Richmond, as well as in North. My brother H was the oldest. Um, we call him Brother H, but his brother Hamid was the oldest of the elders. And because he was the youngest that became an add up under the founder. And and then, you know, so he was lived for a long time to pass that wisdom, you know, to the next generation who, who, who are in tune with it. Not everybody's going to find um, a teacher that is suitable. Or vice versa. Because to be a teacher, you had to be a good student. To be a good student, you had to be a good teacher. And a little bit of what I'm referring to, like pretty much my background is music, which is a, I'm a, actually a drummer. And um, the other thing is that I'm, I'm always interested in martial arts. So I was in a martial arts world um, as well. So that's why I was relating to the teaching and student aspect to that. Islam. Islam. Now, you said about the riots, and you said before the riots, Moors had businesses. So, to give people a timeline, what year was the riots? That's probably the mid 60s, 63, 64, 65, something like that. Okay. Okay. As a matter of fact, if, you, if somebody could pull up, they could call Time Magazine, you're going to see right here on front page Time Magazine and the riots of Newark. You know, and it, 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 that's a, it, it went that it went that far as being on Time Magazine. Islam, Islam, and um, 
just to let people know, um, there's a section in the book Noble Soul where you speak about Brother H on page uh -huh. uh, 118. And I, I just want to read a little bit on that. It says, Brother Harry Hamid A. L. was born July 21st, 1908 in Pinewood, South Carolina to Harry and Sarah Anderson. Brother Hamid united in the March Holy Temple of Science of the World in 1928 at the age of 20 before the before the end of 1928, he entered into the Adept chamber by Prophet Noble Drew Ali. He said, quote, when the prophet looked at him and said, come closer, then he whispered something to him in his ear and the prophet stood back and held his finger up and said, don't you never forget that. Right. Islam. So wow. he was around during the time of the prophet. And that's um, and just as you mentioned that you know to have a teacher who was there during that era who can give you some insight on how the prophet uh was during that time is uh -huh. is really special, um, which leads me to the book. Um, what I, I like to ask everybody in particular when it comes to the aspect of um, their book, what what inspired them? So what inspired you to write this particular book, Noble Soul? Um, what inspired me was in my field of learning, I, I gathered a lot of material uh, from notes and different, different notes and stuff like that. And you know, from our, when it inspired me from my first book, it inspired me from my third book. And what it is, is actually a lot of combinations of, of, of historical events with, with uh, Brother H. And at the same time, something something was unfolding. Information I was finding was unfolding. It was like, you know, like revelations. I was like, wow. So what it was, it's like, all right, this is my calling. This is my purpose. When I first started, I was always into history, you know, with the wars and that. So they didn't have internet back then. We had, we had to go to lectures. Now, I'm in Ivan Ventura, and, you know, we could go to New York, go to, go to the Schomburg. Uh, we went to Schomburg when they had the uh, uh, Marcus Garvey Bicentennial. I mean, we, we just went out as wars. We even went to the opera as wars, which is a fascinating story. So, we had to go out, what you call, we had to go out in the field. We had to go and learn these things. We had to study. And so what inspired me was, I said, all right, let me study a different way. And what it was is that I'm starting now learning the science of numerology, the science of letters and numbers. And what I did is when I arrived to certain information, it was revealing certain information. It was like, wow. You know, this is this is a lot of work, but maybe something can be more helping to someone because when you study yourself, you don't know where to begin. So that inspired me to do that. And what's interesting is that the book cover. I always want to use the prophet in the book cover, and something about his eyes. I remember the like cook brother said, his eyes, his eyes, and that was always attractive to me because the eyes are the window of your, are the windows of your soul. 
but also it is the science of the eye. And that science is, it means spiritual nature, which deals with uh, prophecy, observation, intelligence, and vision. So those all had a vision. You know, he had a prophecy, he had a vision. But what it all started was, when I started to study, he was born in 1886, he was, uh, you know, 1913. For me, that's not years for me. For me, that's a symbol. So that means I got to look up something that identified with that year or that number, what I call a symbol, and I look into it, I say, all right, maybe, and then I find something. I was like, oh, that's revealing. So that inspired me to do the book, and I got more heavy into it because I was going more into the book. More information was coming to me. And I was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta put this in. I gotta put that in. Um, like the eel and the bay, the sound frequency, um, what they mean, um, you know, the different attributes of it. Um, and then I had a section there, the message. The message when we, we honor all divine prophets. Why we honor honor all divine prophets? What, what are they? What do they brought? What is the connection that they brought? And when I found that out, I was like, wow, because the charter said we're supposed to teach the degrees of Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, ETC. We're supposed to teach it, but how can you teach something that you don't study, you don't know? So I got more into it, and I put that in the book. So that really kind of inspired me. It's exciting because it's like playing chess. You find all this information, all this information, trying to put it together. And, uh, Yes. Praise Allah, and and I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I want I want to ask more about that because it's it's very interesting. Um, not only uh, brother Sharif Aniel Bay, um, and yourself, um, the brother um, Dr. Aline Bay, also deals with um, Chi Qigong and all these different things. So it knows that these sciences. These the martial arts and the, and the sciences of the breath, 
etc. Um, channeling your chi. And I, I want to ask you about the demonstration also that you did in North Carolina at the Unity Summit. But I, I but in saying that, what I know you said the internal, but yes, uh, what specifically in relationship to the teachings? Like, what did you what what um, stuck out to you in let's say in reading our uh, our Moorish Holy Quran, Circle Seven? What what stuck out to you that was able to say, okay, based on my teachings, my learning in martial arts? My my learning in Tai Chi, I see the connection. Yes, the background story to that is my Sufu, um, sister, sister Linda Karim. And I studied under her for five years. And her Sufu is Chu Zen Wen. Chu Zen Wen out of China. When I was studying over her, because I did sun salutation yoga, and I did uh, the mochas, which actually is in your Quran as well. But when I was studying under her, I I, 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 were, I will go into the Quran, and so that's the Quran. Because what I was taught is that anything that you do in life, you have to connect, get it connected to the Quran in some way. So that's what I've done. So within that, I begin to understand and begin to, be, begin to be enlightened by that. So, there's different parts of the Quran that deal with, uh, for example, breathing holy breath. And when she looked at me and she said, wait, wait you're breathing wrong. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then she explained how to breathe. And then once she did that, my energy level went up. I mean, really, it really went up. So now I understood the practices incorporated with the Quran because no Jawali taught a lot of things, but, you know, this is, this is the key. He said, read my literature carefully. That's the key to me because you have to... Read it carefully. What means between the lines? That means something is there, but you have to find it. Yeah, so, <coughs> excuse me, try to shake this system in my little cold. It's now, on the demonstration, prior to that, I was, I always studied meditation for a long time before I even came to the temple. So I have, a, a, a great years of, of over thirty, over thirty years of, of certain meditations, and we have uh, the different forms of meditation. And so what I did is demonstrated a form of meditation, and that was the energy purpose. But what what y'all didn't know is the music I was playing. I was playing a music to re-energize the form that was in the room. So in order for me to perform that, I have to be energized to send out 
the energy so that you can be touched by that energy. You know, it's sort of, it's sort of like a waking in a way. Um, so how did you feel after that? I mean, just give me an example. How did you feel after that? What, what was going through your mind? Well, I could tell you, brother. I mean, it was it was something because first off, okay, let me let, okay to give the background to it. One thing you 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 did you you kind of prepped us, which I I caught notice of about the stretching and raising your arms up above your head, and you and you mentioned about the key of um the spinal cord being yes. And when we did the meditation and focusing on the breathing and, um, and of course I, I've, I, I do, I do that. Like I definitely do the meditation and the breathing, um, praise Allah that I was able to, you know, learn about that, um, before when you do it with a lot of people, it's a, it, you feel the energy is much more amplified. So it was, it was tranquil, but yet it was, uh-huh. it was something it was a powerful energy that you can feel had permeated the whole entire room, the whole entire room, which is, which was really special. I, I know that uh, my wife, you know, attested to that as well. Cause she was with me. So praise yeah, praise Allah. So yeah, it, it was powerful. No, no question. Praise Allah. Well, praise Allah for you, brother, man, and your wife, you know, Jerry Gavin, which See you again. I remember the first time I met you was when we was in Washington. Yes. Yeah. And you were selling the book. And then I met you again at the, uh, the summit. And then you're right here in Richmond. So praise a lot for your diligence works as well. Uh, one thing I'm going to say before I even go further, because I always put it in my book. And it's, it's called, it's, it's from the Upanishad. And the Upanishad is the lesson from the Vita. And I can to talk about the Vita. That's one of the lessons we should study. This is from the Yapatishat. And what it says, it's called Within the Law of Learning. That's the title, Within the Law of Learning. Accept only that which appears to your heart as true, and let the rest pass you by. For the time being, for each comes his own, and none can gain his own until he is prepared for it. All right? Now, if you take that, and go to the breath of heaven, where it says, where it says, the ground must be prepared before corn be planted. The potter must build his furnace before he can make the porcelain. <clears throat> Any information that you we receive, yes, be prepared for it. That's one of the things I learned. One of the things, was a lesson that I learned a long time ago, years, and I, and I didn't understand it. And my teacher said, he said, you, you, you figure it out. You, you know, he was like, we'll see. And it took me about four years to find out what he was saying. So you have to be prepared for certain information, especially for certain fun. You have to be prepared for it. And the things that I don't understand, I let it just pass me by. I'm dealing to a whole lot of things, but I just let it pass me by. Yeah. Everything that's outside of me, I'm learning from everything else. But that, but that 
Yes, sir. And um, that that's key because that that's that goes into the aspect of studying ourselves, um, our higher self and our lower self. You know, of course, that's um, chapter chapter two in reference to that chapter chapter three, chapter three of our uh, most uh-huh. holy Quran. And like you said, that three years. <laughs> You know, three years um, course, three year course. Um, so that in and of itself says a lot. Just you know, it tells us to know thyself and Father God Allah within our within our scripture. And um, praise Allah. Praise Allah. And I want to. In your book, you know, definitely goes into all of that. Um, you mentioned earlier about the numerology. I wanted to read a section of your book and I wanted to, you know, just give, get you to expound somewhat on it. Uh, Cause all we're right. dealing with the aspect of the numerology and you break down numerology all through this book. Um, let me just say that for the people who are um, tuning in to this very, very, very deep. Um, but on page 15, you say the person personality number of Noble Drali is seven. The sign of seven shows us that this person is deeply absorbed in the pursuit of spiritual and cosmic knowledge. Sevens are intelligent, perceptive, and introspective. They have the air of a mystic about them and can be quite aloof. Also, sevens love their privacy. However, the seven personalities, wisdom and knowledge will draw people to them. And in the end, they will realize sharing their knowledge is as rewarding as gaining it. And then you say, and now three is his maturity number. This reveals the person you will come to be your true self. Now, I, um, I want you to expound on that because, of course, we know that within our Moorish Holy Quran, it's, it goes into seven. Of course, we see the seven on the cover, circle seven, right. as well as we see the number three, um, the triune Allah, um, the three-step ladder, um, et cetera, et cetera. We just talked about chapter three, uh, which right. is a very powerful right. chapter. Um if you could expound on that, because we um, many of my shows we talk about the seven and the three. If you can expound on that in in terms of numerology and right. why the prophet um, made it so important to to express that in the writings in the literature. All right. 
repeated is the most needed. So sometimes when things are repeated in a way that you have to be conscious and aware of, then you have to take heed to that. You have to take notice. All right. So let me let me go back how the brain works, which is important. Now to to expound on that, let me go to um, you know, like we have a computer, right? So I don't see numbers. I don't see numbers. I don't see letters. So I had to train my mind to see symbols. All right? So once you do that, then you understand things are going to be revealed to you. Certain numbers have certain frequency. Right? Everything that we, we think that it is, it is. So we're trained that, you know, when we grow up, you're like, say, you see ABC. And we just did it. They didn't break down what it is. The symbol of this, what it stands for, this significant. That's why they, that's why they call it the mystery system because it was mystery to them, but it was our culture. No, it's not them. All right, so you have a computer, right? You sit down to the computer. The computer is neutral. It doesn't, it doesn't, does anything because you got to put something in it to be activated, right? All right, so on the keyboard, what do you see on the keyboard? What do they call? Are they called numbers or are they called letters? What, what do they call them in the computer world? They're called characters. Right. You read character. That's a character, not a number. Not a, they understand it. They're playing, they're playing with our mind. So your mind is a computer. Exactly. Right? So your brain is a computer. Therefore, everything that it sees, hear, feel, touch, smell, sends the rest of the brain. And then the brain will respond to so forth and so on. Now, what's interesting, when I start to study the, 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 the symbols, the symbolism of it, and then you study the, the every letter, what they call letter has a number. Like A, A is number one. Two is B. You see? E it's five. All right, so with that, there's information that's out there for us to understand that because there's, the way we study, our culture of our people in the higher science we study and we're studying, we're going to things that with them with infinity. You see, and then of course it, it Everybody just took it to a whole different level and it's, it's just broken up into different divisions. Some people got this, some people got that, people this and this and that. Now, if you look in the Quran, I want to speak about a little bit earlier on my new book coming out, but I'm going to um, briefly expound on the key that we're taking out of India, Palestine, and Egypt. So, going back to the brain, it's only, if you don't know how it works, we can be, the brain can be easily hijacked. If you don't know how it works. The way we find, I was taught in our school, I read Quran from everybody familiar with the backside, but I read it from that end. So the backside cover. Right. Introductory. That's an introductory. So once you read that and go to the inside cover, talk about you, you are the fallen sons and daughters. 
then you go into the end deck. And then he gives me a brief history of the end of time of fulfilling of the prophecy. And then he brings in some historical event about the capital, uh, either the capital empire, the Dominion of Africa. Then Noah Drawley brings us to Christianity where we just, where we were, you know, pretty much our mindset was that. And then he goes into the key of civilization, the origin of the Asiatic nation. And then he brings into this chapter, history. You're just, you're just, you're coming out of misery right now. But the first thing that you understand in that chapter says the first duty of man. The first duty of man is the sense of his state. That means that what type of condition that my mind is? How, how did I begin to think this way? How did I arrive to think this particular way? And you have to do some research on that. So, my travel and studying, and I have a vast library. Man, brother, man, I tell you, I would get a book like every other week. I mean, I got, I got like two or three, two rooms of this much books. And you know what, what, what brought me to the realization was history is so deep and so wide, you're never going to come out of it. Because you're always going to find something. So I dropped all that. <laughs> so what I did was, I said, I'm a key on this. And what I did was, like, I would like to know that shit though. But once I figured it out, and I'm saying it's like maybe 25 years, once I figured it out, it's like, wow, this is a whole new revelation. Now going back to numerology, there are signs and symbols everywhere. Noah Jolly has signs and symbols to all his literature. That's why he said, read my literature carefully. I'm pretty much dissecting it. It's going to take some time to do it, but um, give you an example. If you have the Holy Quran by Mulana Muhammad, the um, seventh tradition, that's another sign. And if you go into the chapter, um, Revelation, it's called the Truth of Revelation. That's what it's called, the Truth of Revelations. And um, there's a footnote in section six, there's a footnote. Now, footnote is 1886. Mm. All right, I'm going to just read the last, I'm going to read the last, and this is in my book, though. Uh, I'm going to read the last, what it says. It says, even if they did not believe in the previous revelations, the broad point of likeness of, in the principles of two different prophets, appearing at such a distance of time from each other among a probably different nation and under totally different circumstances and the fulfillment of the prophecy uttered by one in the other. Let me just stop right there. What the key was, the fulfilling of the prophecy. So when you open the Quran, the way I was saying it, he's giving you the fulfilling of the prophet. Right. Dude. You know, we have to, you know, really kind of like really get into studying in ourselves so we get to the higher consciousness so we can help the next generation. So the prophecy that I came for the young and the unborn, old can go up there and want to. And as a child, I can understand that. I can really concur with that. But it's only going to take a, a few 
been really understood and do the research within the context of the Quran and um, so they can reveal certain things. Yeah, this 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 is this is some work. But you have to be spiritually prepared for it. I understand what you past yet. You gotta be spiritually prepared for that. You know, mentally. You know, spiritually and mentally, you have to be prepared for that. It just can't, it's just, it ain't going to happen if you delay a list of grades due to some of the research. It doesn't happen like that. You have to be prepared for that. Like the prophet was divine prepared for certain things. In life itself, we are prepared for certain things. When I came to the temple, the grand sheikh said, you have to find your purpose. I, I didn't know that until like 15 years later. Mm. You have to find your purpose. What, what works for you? What's good for you? That can help somebody. So like me being a youth in the temple, I'm like, all right, I'm doing, I, I was already knew that whatever I'm going to do is going to be for the future. Not now. Not for me. It's for the future. Islam. Hey, that's, that's, that's the key right there. And then, like you said, the prophet said he came for, you know, the young and yet unborn. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that hit me because Brother H was young. Right. He was the young guy. Yes. And every time Brother H tell that story about the prophet said something to him, he never told us what it was. But you could feel the emotion. Because he was at the funeral. You could, you could feel his emotion, the compassion, what went on at that time. Right. As a young person. That, that's devastating as a young person. You go through that, you know, you traumatized as right. a young person. See, and, and, and you know, a lot of things that went on after that, you know, the 50s, the 60s, and so forth, they just trickle on down. Yeah. And, and it pretty much would have affected different temples across the nation, which it affected the North Temple as well. So, you, you know, as a young person, it's like, wow, you know, it's kind of really disheartening. Indeed. And, and you know that for him to say, say that make that statement and but yet not say exactly what he told him let you know that it was something that it had to connect with him his spirit and his soul as far as the journey that that brother had to go through you know because he said he he whispered it in his ear so from mouth to ear you know saying exactly. it wasn't for everybody else but he knows right. that that right. was that was that was a particular message that he was supposed to carry with him on this plane of manifest. And it was meant to be law governs all events. Praise Allah. Uh -huh. um, I wanted to uh, ask you because you also, because we know that numerology is one of those sciences that connects with a person's nature. Uh, also yeah. you get into uh -huh. astrology as well. Um, we know if the prophet was born in because you mentioned 1886 uh he was born uh -huh. in january um january 8th 1986 1886 um uh -huh. and we know that's the sign of capricorn um right. if you would expound on based on your knowledge that about the capricorn and how that relates to prophet noble drew ali and, and his personality with the seven and the three as far as his mission why um based on your study because everybody's born in a certain time for a certain reason so how, how does that relate all right now i didn't 
get into specifics with astrology. For some reason, I use a different method. And that method was numerology. Um, and, and here's the reason why. See, when you're born, and I'm going to use the questionnaire with this one. Yes. You, when you were born, you came on Earth by yourself. Yes. Right. So you came on a certain frequency. So that means that for you to, in order for you to look at a certain station, you have to turn it to that particular station or you wouldn't turn it on. I mean, you wouldn't connect with it, in other words. Indeed. All right. For some reason, which I already know, I knew what time I was born. I have a, I, had, I, just, I knew what time I was born. I knew what, I know the date of but I actually know what time I was born. Which is significant. I don't know what the time, you know, what's wrong with that. So that's a little bit different. If, if I knew that, then, you know, right. it's a whole different, different thing with astrology. So my approach was, all right, let me see something else. Let me, there, there's something else here. And this is, and in the book, that's what I'm revealing, this, this, these particular signs. Yes. But what's fascinating is, it's like, all right, we go back to the question. We asked the last three questions. Seven. Seven days in a cycle. Yes. Circle is cycle. You live, in chapter two, you live by cycle ages. All right? Five and two is seven. When you raise in our prayer, we got five and two. Five and two is seven. When you multiply that by seven. You get 365 or 364. So with that, you count 52 days in your cycle. You live by cycle ways, you live by 52 days is a complete one cycle. All right, so you count the days that start on your birthday. You only have one birthday. After that is your earth day. But you count from your birthday. You count all the way to 52, that's one cycle. The next one is your second cycle. The next 52 is your third cycle. The next 52 is so forth and so on. Now, there are three categories within those cycles. You have your life cycle, you have your uh, personal, your, your life cycle, your business cycle, and your health cycle. Certain things you need to do on those particular cycles. Alright? So, I don't participate for me um, dealing with Ramadan because that's not my cycle. So what I do is I'll fast and do the, the preparation that is needed for my form, which is in tune to the frequency, the time that I was born. And do that for 52 days. And then I come out that cycle into another 52 days. Right? So when we look at certain things within the Quran, within the questionnaire, or anything in the literature that Prophet has, there's information to help us to, to elevate our, ourselves, not only uh, mentally, but also spiritually. Because what is healthy to the body is honestly to the soul. We, we, we even have to eat more healthy. Um, because your body is not designed to eat certain foods. And if you don't eat that certain food, they'll help you to channel the energy that you have. You see, because um, what it does is it, it just complicates things. 
in the long run. It's just complicated thing. So, so what I've got from the numerology, it's just, it's just like, all right, from the numbers, you probably could match up with a Capricorn does. You know what I mean? So, right. So I was like, I, I really didn't get into it because I was like, I need these, 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 these uh, symbols will, will go into it. But instead of me going to the, who is in the, the moon sign or the whatever planet was there, um, so that is pretty much what I've done within that, within the content. Islam, that makes sense. That makes perfect perfect sense on that. Uh -huh. And um, I remember when we was, when we visited your temple, you spoke on the fifty-two day cycle. Um, right. You went into it in depth. Now, um, based on your knowledge of of numerology, what is the importance of the five and the two? Because we know five. Of course, we know five and two equals seven. But also three and four equals seven, or one and six. So, right. it's of course everything. There's a reason that we, when we raise our hands, you know, we put two fingers on the right, five on the left. Uh -huh. Um, what is the significance of those numbers in numerology? Well, the five and the two has nothing to do with numbers. Okay. When you when you raise your hand, it has nothing to do with numbers. It has to do with the five elements. Gotcha. All right. So each finger is representing the, the element. So your thumb, your thumb is representing fire. Next to your thumb is your, uh, your pointing finger, whatever it is. That's air. Next to that is your ether. Then your earth, and then your water. So you you raising your five elements. There's there's, there's a um, there's a movement in Tai Chi where I do the five elements. It's called a single whip. And the single whip is like I have my, my fingers down and my um my wrist up. All my all my fingers are touching and my wrist is up. And then my, my left hand is out. And and, uh, and I'm in the position. But those are five the five elements. Because we are the five elements. It speaks about that in chapter one. So when you raise, you you raise, but you have to be consciously, you have to be attentive. To what you're doing, to be active, to activate that, you have to be your intentions have to be audible. So if you're doing a prayer, the Moore's prayer, you, your intent has to connect to to have or to receive that energy. In the two, of course, you're just adding on the, 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 the air and the ether. The ether is all elements combined. Because we are, I'm going to simplify it, in chapter one, we are three-dimensional beings. Yes. Three-dimensional, right? I'm just simplified because it's more than that. Right. So, everywhere you go, you're already there. Did you catch what I just said? I caught it. All right. Are you aware of that? That's what I'm talking about, being conscious. Right. So the intent, when you pray, the intent in that prayer, that we draw these, you know, in, in, in a way, in a sense, we're doing some demonstrating things, but you have to study to find out why you're doing it. What is the reason behind that? Um, like in yoga, it's, it's just a, you are bringing out the toxin. 
you know, we carry toxic within us. I'm talking about emotional toxic and stuff. See, emotions are neutral. So, if someone gets angry, if someone is happy, you are the director. You're the one that directs that. You you decide to be happy. You decide to be angry. You decide to be mad. Emotions, emotions are just neutral when you do that. So, if someone, for example, two people, individuals having a conversation, and it leads to an argument, they're arguing about which one is right, instead of having a conversation to find out what is right or what is true. But one, one that gets mad or, or angry, when, what is happening, they are diminishing their power. And, and people don't know it. You are diminishing your power. And so, we have to be really mindful. It's like when, we, when the prophet said, out from your Sunday school comes the guidance of the nation. And we, we have to really learn some lessons because when you go out into the world, you have to deal with all kinds of things, all kinds of people, all, all kinds of uh, you know, the system. I always call it the system. You're in the system, but you have to know to understand the system that you're in. It's a mind game. But we caught up within the system. And then we get angry because of certain things in our environment. That's a part of the system. So what it does, every negative angry Every negative emotion that we have is detrimental to your health. Detrimental to your health. Indeed. And then we have ulcers. We have we, we go we go through we go through all that. So, so I pray a lot for the prophet. Bring us. He say he bring us all what we need. And this is what this is what I need. Yes, Lord. Islam, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, definitely. Praise Allah for the prophet. Um, I wanted to ask you something about um, symbols. Um, be, but before I do that, I know you have a um, a new book that you're working on. Um, if you want to, you know, speak on that. Uh, very interesting title. I know in the title you you use a term called um, SO science. Yes. Um, if you could just speak on on the book and um, right. and expound on that term. Uh, yes. All right. So most a lot of Moors will have a correct and. To understand certain things in the Quran, what did, what did they normally would do? If they don't understand a word, they'll get a dictionary. Alright, so but you only get the watered down version of the dictionary. And you and then you try to apply that to understand in the Quran. So you really not go you're really not gonna elevate I mean it'll help out to a certain extent, but it's not gonna elevate you because the Quran is not written in a way that you go with a dictionary and find out certain things. You know, so what I've done is I use 
But this is the, the last book I use numerology. I use esoteric. I use metaphysics. I use in um, the signs and symbols of letters and numbers. All right. I use um, uh, symbology. That's another thing. Symbology. Everything, you know, most of the things we see, we don't see as a symbol. Symbols every day. We meet symbols every day. Every day. I give you an example. If you go up to the gas station at the Shell, you see a sign up there. Look at that sign. What, what do you see in that sign? Symbol. Right, but when it, it says you're at Shell gas station, right? And you look up and you see a sign that looks like a what? Like a shell. Seashell. All right, all right. Seashell, all right. All right. It's not a seashell, it's a rising sun. Right. You see what I mean? So, if I or Exxon, you go to Exxon gas station, you see the, you see the Exxon. That's not an X, that's a double cross. Double cross, right. So, there are signs and symbols out there. So what I've done, and I'm making a, a, a dictionary, I don't like to use the word dictionary. So I came up with the concept of SO science word book, which SO means within science word book. And I'll go into the name. I go into etymology, the origin of the name. Now, what's so interesting with the origin of the name? Um, it's fascinating how when you look for a word, you always see Old English, Latin, so forth and so on. But you know, we are we are the root of all languages, but we use certain languages for certain things, right? So. That being said, I give you the date of the origin of the language. Uh, not the language, but the the um. Would you look up a word? I, I, I have that I give you um the meaning of it, and then I go into extent. I give you an exact example. If you go to um. Chapter one. Go and say, I don't know what heart means. Heart. So go into my book, like, oh, heart. That's a bird. It it, 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 it came into the late 12th century. It means to listen. You know, something like that. And also get into the phrases. The phrases in the Quran. All right, again, example. Let's go with chapter one again. Give me which are the spirits of the fire, earth, water, air. Just give me any one of them. Fire. Fire. All right. Before I even ask, though, what's your take on it? What's, what's your observation? Observation of, of fire? Yeah. Um, of course, fire is um, very intense. Um, it is something that, um, I, I would say it consumes a lot of energy, meaning it, it, you need oxygen for the, um, for a fire to burn. So it's always, right. it's always pulling. All right. First of all, now, one of the things, the other reason why I, um, Writing is like everything that I'm putting down is pertained to individuals. Yes. So when I open up the class, it's know thyself. So any all what I'm doing is making a picture for anything that applies to you. 
that Christ is dealt. That's what I'm doing. So we're just hearing out these spirits of the fire. Alright, so what is the spirit of the fire? What are the qualities of the spirit of the fire? Fire represents positive qualities. It means transformation. It means zeal. It means creation and destruction. It means decisive. It means uh, power, creativity. Alright, it's the act of life force. Alright, but, but I didn't stop there. What type of energy does it have? It's a masculine energy. It's projective. It has a power. What is the power of fire? It's the power to will. You know, somebody's man, you got the fire in you. That means you got the will in you. Right. All right. So I don't use north, south, east, and west. I don't. I don't look at it as a direction. I always study now from the end to the out. I used to study from the out to the end. When you reverse that, you're going to see a whole different world. And so what I've done is like, all right, south is inwardly. So when south is inwardly, it deals with the physical energy. Um, because what the, the spirit of the fire is south. That's what I'm saying. The spirit of fire represents the south. And, and the vows, all your vows are secret to anybody's name. She to you shall dish the key. I'm a key. That's the key. And each vow has the element. And so the element of E is air. So the element of fire, I mean the vow, I mean the vow for fire is I. So the fire is I. The planet that deals with fire is Mars. And Mars represents represents form, some type of form of energy. So when you read in chapter one, it goes down here and now, here this, and, and goes on down. It's describing the things that the qualities of the fire have. And so you got to see if, if that is that me. Is that is that is that? A, 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 can I use that? Is that would that benefit me for that? You see, what I've learned and how I learned is to be a student. I'm not always going to be a teacher. I was always a student before you teach it, but I know my role. I know when to be a student. I know when to be a teacher. And see, that helps me to understand certain things. And so when I begin to read, not read, but when I begin to listen, and that's how you learn. You begin to listen. I hear you. You listen to me that I'm in tune. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm in tune to the frequency that you're presenting me. So in Prophet Noble, you already spoke a different language in the Quran. You can't, you can't, you can't evolve in the Quran if your mind is still in the Christian aspect, in a sense, you can't you can't evolve. You can you can get a little bit understanding, but you can't evolve. He, he said that right there. You can return Christianity back to them. So you can't evolve with that mindset. But you have to know what it is. What, what do you mean by Christianity? Alright, so it's a, it's a western it's a western thought process. You you we are trained to think a certain way and respond a certain way, and that is that's how you are being controlled and manipulated. So if you just work inwardly, you'll find that out. And the prophet had to work. His work is inward to the outer. 
seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, all these things be added unto you. The kingdom of heaven is the state of mind. You have to seek it in order to understand. But once you understand it, you aware you are aware of the system that you in. And then it will be dissolved in front of you. You have to worry about that no more. You just go to the next phase. Alright? Um so the book, I just finished the the first. I had to write this in volume. There's a lot of work because I'm finding a lot of information. Uh, like people buy uh, metaphysical dictionaries for the Bible and all this other stuff. That's a way. Well, we need some Quran. I need. We. I need to have something for the children for the future to have something for this for, uh, for them. You know. So I don't look at everything as as it appeared to be. So I study. I study more, and I'm going to depth into, um, you know, the signs and symbols, and, and get information out that that can help the individual. Because it sure it sure helped me. Islam, praise Allah. Praise Allah. It, which makes total sense because, um, you have to have, you know, we we always talk about the keys. You know, Prophet gave us keys, and what what you're doing though with your with you writing that as well as what you've already put out is being able to give a study guide for the moors you know right which is really needed you know it's really needed and and it's not that you know necessarily that one particular author has the the guide or the particular one way of looking at but like you said it is a perspective that you have it's the measure of understanding that Allah gave to you right that allows you to look from it from an angle that um has maybe before not been explored you know so praise Allah for that definitely I want to um read a uh, passage from your book um because we talked a lot about symbols and you go into of course you go in through symbols i want to read this um passage this is going to be page 33 and and then i'm going to go page 33 34 it says here that it is said a picture is worth a thousand words. And if we look at what the prophet wore in some of his photos, he gives us some eye opening information about himself and his history. For example, there are two photos of the prophet sitting on a chair. This chair is representing sitting on a throne, a living symbol of his position and his authority wearing a white turban with an eagle's feather, which means a divine spirit with a clear vision. He is also wearing a daisy. The history of the daisy can be traced back to the sacred symbol of Mu and Atlantis. It represents the sun and her rays. It is also known as the sunflower. The radiation of the sunflower carries will help you to develop a higher consciousness. You may notice that he is wearing a sash across his right shoulder. Keep this in mind that the shaman medicine man always 
carry a medicine bag. This the first photo of Noble Ali as the Egyptian adept. He was wearing a white robe with a sash around his waist. Um, if you can expound on, you know, the importance of those symbols, the sash, um, as well as because when you mentioned about the um the sunflower that 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 was eye opening because I've never before um heard any of the um anyone expound on that. So if you can expound on those symbols briefly. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I went through a whole lot of research into uh, um looking at the symbol with the flower. Because I got a, I have a big picture in my home with it. Um, of the pot sitting in the chair. And it's different. What, what happened was a lot of Moors, um, I don't know what the technology they have, changed the, the prophet's facial structure. But what I have, I have a, a pretty much, not with the original, but I have, I have one that's totally different. Because you know that he had, he had burnt. He had a burnt scar. Yes. Right? So I have one. I have one like that. And I'm like, man, they don't change the prophet image. You know, I'm also an artist. When I try to draw a picture, I couldn't never draw it because the, uh, the branch uh, teacher said, man, his face keeps changing. That's why you ain't going to draw it. So I did the best I can. But anyway, each, 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 so another one's in the military. But each military person wear a uniform that distinguishes from the position that they're in. For, you know, for example, if someone in the military comes up, he has a certain stripe, I know he has a certain level. Another one comes up, I know he has a different level. It's the same thing with the prophet. So when the prophet was on the scene, when he first introduced himself, who was known as what, who? What, what do you what do you announce himself as? Prophet Drew, the Egyptian editor. The Egyptian editor. That's why he has the role. He's, he's coming. What he's saying? See, I don't look at name. I look at title. All right. So if I'm looking at Quran, it says Hagar. Hagar is not a name. Hagar is a title. Alright, so if you look at Professor Drew, well, a professor, one who teaches a branch of, a certain branch of knowledge. That's what he's doing. He's, in other words, he's saying the professor. From that name, I know he's going to teach a certain branch of knowledge. Then he says, Drew. Drew is to, to move within, to move with force. In other words, to move with force. So, you have the next one, Professor Drew Ali, the Egyptian, Egyptian Adam. And he's like, all right, what is, what is he going to teach? So, but going back to Drew, the rule with force is also saying that he, he's there because the, the, the forces is the will of Allah. He's letting you know that. Egyptian, he's, he's saying Egyptian Adam because He's bringing you a committed spiritual system. You know, what's wrong with bringing a system? So when I teach the Jordan Temple, it says the more shut up, the more shut I mean, the more shut to the size of the world, the prophet was a universal prophet. You have people from India. You have people from different countries that come to see the prophet. The prophet even went to Mexico. He's going to work his way to, um, to uh, Canada. And so he's, he's, he's letting you know what he's wearing and what his, his title is, what he's going to bring. He's going to bring a sister to you. Now, he was an Adam, the Egyptian Adam, which means that 
is to master oneself. So when you open the Quran, it says, know, know thyself. Master yourself. Master yourself. That's what he's saying. Master yourself. Because he knows. If you don't master yourself, the next generation, it's, they're going to master them. They're going to master them. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I, brother, man, I sit back and I observe. I'm like, wow. Some changes going on. I mean, it's a blessing to go to a transformation of changes when they went from color. Because the time I was growing up, they were saying color. Black. Black came to the picture. So I've seen how and then African-American came to the picture. I've been around since those three generations. It's amazing. It's amazing how that particular changes that comes about our people. And so what he's wearing is demonstrating. He's letting, he's letting the European know. That's what he's coming to. Our people don't know what he's wearing, what he got on. Look at that. You know, look at that fool got on. Look at him. What are you dressed like? That's what we do. We look, if you don't dress like everybody else, what they do? What's the thing you got on your head? You know, other nations know what, what you have. That's right. They know what you have, but I have a lot of experiences with that. With that, that's a whole different story. Um, you know, coming up with meeting different people from, from different countries. And I also had to receive a poetry award back in the 80s. And I went to Florida, and, I, and when I received my award, I had my whole horse attire on. Old Washington Tower on, and it was something, and I was just new in the temple too, brother. You talk about a spark. Man, me big time. I said, praise Allah for that. Um, when, when the prophet was at the convention, he had mentioned something about his garden. That's when the Moors was at this way, because they didn't know what he was wearing. You see? And so, um, later on, you know, you have um, the one sitting up, sitting and standing. Pretty much, he had the turban on. The only thing I don't know, I'm trying to do research, is on the one we had hands up with a different type of fed. Yes. Yeah, that's the only one I couldn't, couldn't, you know, grasp. Now, on the other hand, dealing with the continent of move. Um. Let me go back to my uncle. My uncle was introduced to the organization by a brother named, a brother from Cuba. Brother Bartholomew from Cuba. That's how our family got introduced. And my uncle had a book, uh, The Lost Company of Book. And that was way back in the 80s. And when I started to do my research and studying, um, I came across another book called the, uh, the Children of Book. And, and then, of course, we had the internet now, so then I got to looking at what were buying them. And I started looking at the symbols. And, and, and it was interesting they also have a star. The star is another symbol of the copy of the book. And that was the first continent that fell, and then Atlantis that fell. But those people that were then moved, and those people that was in land, all they did was go from one land to the other. And so your island is out there, of the, of the continent of Atlantis, is your island. Those are Caribbean islands. They call them Caribbean islands. European changes, changes, changes everything. He changed the name. He changed the frequency. 
you change the energy. So it's like they're using um, science to corrupt the mind. Because if you don't have a sense of direction, you cannot reach to the higher plane of understanding. See, the only thing you can have to go to different parts is, 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 is going to what you call a sign. Right. You know, they're going to do this, you know, that's just the only thing they can have. Right. But there's much more to it than that. Indeed. But no regardless, it's, it's, it's like, in order to find out, you, you have to speak it. This just ain't going to come to you. But long as you're on the path of be humble about it, and the foundations of organizations was founded about five fundamental principles, with those five fundamental, five fundamental principles, that's five years right there. That's five years. I mean, on, on, ongoing five years. It's not like, oh, I'm going to, you know, stop and, you know, yeah, people come in the temple house, come in the temple house, stuff like now, this is five years. This is a five-year course. Learn to love kind of, hey, hey, that ain't going to happen overnight. <laughs> no, bro. Uh, you need to learn. You need to learn first before you love. You have to activate that. And so, yeah, that's a five years for each one. I told a brother one time, I said, brother, man, I've been in the organization for like 32 years. And I said, look, I just figured out what freedom was. Mm. In the in the in the um the the uh, twenty ninth year. I got all the other ones. But I'm like, man, I finally realized what that is. Right, right. To your mind is your salvation. And it can also be your prison. Yes. Yeah. That's that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Uh-huh. We create our own heaven and hell. <laughs> yeah, you, you created that. Yes. That's what's you know, interesting with this. You know, and I put it in my book, the controversy, where you get the book from, so forth and so on. I said, all right, all right, all right. But I, I, I gave it out. But when it comes to the last portions of the Quran, which is Dealing with unto thee thy grant. Right. All right. So when I study, that's like where I study is where are they where do they get the information from? And the Rosicrucians got all got our history. They got they got our history because I found out that the Rosicrucians study under the wars. I'm like, oh, all right, that's what we get that from. I'm sorry. So when I'm talking about your um your cycle. That's where it came from. It came from the Rosicrucians. Right. They took it. And it's like, hey, you know, we got it. And put it out. Found out, you know, I have books, of, I have some books like back into like 1800 or something like that. I got some old books. And I found some very interesting things in there. But uh, some of the authors that they, these Europeans were putting out don't exist. Mm. Their, pen, their pen name. Right. Like one book that came out in 1913, it gives you a description and gives you some history of the divine prophets and gives you some things. So the book is called Cosmic Consciousness. By a man, it's by the name of a man named Ali Nomad. 
There was such things as Ali Nomad. There was, was a doctor who pinned his name to Ali Nomad. So I figured it out what was been going on in the, in, in the early 1800s to, to the early 1900s. People will go out, and there's always European because they not they don't have that culture. So they go out speaking, and they just blow their mind with whatever they learn. They blow their mind. They just, oh man, it's like, oh man. And they come back to America, and they just, well, I can't, I can't reveal who I am. So I'm, I'm going to use this name. So they get some Muslim name. And then someone actually put on, excuse me, someone actually put on a turban and changed his own image for the book cover. And then put out something. So this is what I know is that, yeah, you may put this information out, but you only can go so far with it, with the information. Which means that you, you can get the information and then put the information out. But yet you don't possess the elements within the nature of the information that you put out. And what, I, what I'm saying is that, like in the martial arts, as a, as a, a Sufi, Sufi, even a man like Grand Sheik, you know, you, you, you had a high level to a part where, you know, everybody was suited to people. And I learned that lesson in the Quran. Jesus was accepted as a pupil. So when you open up that Quran, what you actually saying that you accept it as a pupil. As long as you understand where your your position is. But get this. Jesus was accepted as a pupil. But along the way, each hall of learning that he was sitting, he conversed with those teachers. And he expounded on some of the things. And then what, what is happening is that it was a transformation from the pupil to the teacher, from the teacher to the pupil. The teacher didn't get upset when, when Jesus corrected them or, or enlightened them. Because the teacher knew that at that time, his only position was no longer the teacher. His position at that time was a student. That's a deep lesson. Very profound lesson. Yes, sir. I mean, it's a lesson to, to really humble yourself. It's like, wow. Wow, that's how deep it is. That's right. So um, that that reminds me of a, a saying I heard an elder say, and I think this goes back to an old Sufi saying, but uh, in all I know, I know nothing at all. And, um, uh -huh. you know, it relates to the fact that you always, you know, you're always at the and It also, also goes back to... Um, on Moorish Holy Quran, it speaks about you know the wise man. Um, right. No, it's not except his own ignorance. Exactly. 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 And um, it's not. It's not. Praise Allah. Praise Allah. That that you know that that's so. It's so important. I mean, dealing with what the Prophet gave us in terms of actually giving us keys to study ourselves uh which is which is that one thing that like you said us as three-dimensional beings being on this plane of manifest that we seem to avoid 
as as human beings that's the one thing we we go into everything else except going within so um you know just that alone what the prophet gave us is so important i um before i before i forget this thought because me and you have had this conversation a few times and then um you did you mentioned it a couple of times and you also have it in your book actually for those who get the book i put the i posted the link on the chat it's the first link up on top so get that book noble soul you know on page um 48 and 49 you speak about a time when you met a brother because you mentioned about mexico uh, where you met a brother, uh, where you was uh, waiting for a train, or you was you was traveling on a train, waiting for your ride. Uh, if yeah, you can so, give that story, yeah, how would you say? Uh, I was traveling uh, from North New Jersey to Richmond, Virginia, and I was on the train, and I had a shirt, I had a red shirt on. It says, "What is your nationality?" On the back of the nationality, my nationality is Moorish American, so I was actually a promoter. And I got off the train, and I was waiting for my ride. And, you know, me coming from Newark, I, I came from the, from the hard knocks, brother. I mean, I'm coming to Newark. I'm like, I'm watching my surroundings, and I'm standing here, and I'm standing waiting for my ride. I know this, this brother was just watching me. And I'm like, all right, you know, what's, you know, what's going to be? What's, what's, and then he approached me. And, and um, but he, you know, he kept his distance. I mean, there's a circle I have. You know, within that circle, you, you're evading my space. So he, he kept his distance, and he looked at me, and he said, It's wrong. And I went, the hell, what's wrong? It's wrong. He said, you're wrong? Yeah. He said, um, you know, because it's, from, from my perception, it's like, all right, man, for a weekend or, you know, whatever. And he just said, it's wrong. Said, yeah, man. He said, um, yeah, I'm on board. He said, I'm from Mexico. I said, what? He said, yeah. I said, you got a nationality card? And, I, and our language is, from yours to mine. So I said, from yours to mine. So what I'm saying, I got mine, but let me see yours. And if we both pull it out, it's the same thing. I said, praise the Lord. What I knew, but I didn't say the book, but I think the reason why, see, brother, and I need to talk to my uncle about more about him. Brother Bartholomew's mission was to write the Quran in, in Spanish. And I think he married a sister from Puerto Rico. And I think he has a lot of influences to this, you know, uh, Mexican, you know, uh, um, uh, Puerto Rico. I think there, I think he left uh, quite a bit of the prophetizations there somehow, some way. I don't know what occurred to him. I know he passed off the scene a long time ago. Um, so I really had to talk to my uncle. My uncle's like ninety something years old right now. So Praise I need Allah. to talk to him about about him about that and um, see pull that story out more detail and man, man, maybe another excerpt from another book or revise it. But man, yeah, that was a one experience that that the prophet was letting people know that this movement is the everlasting movement, which means everlasting is stressing from one to the other. Like ETC is earth, territory, and country. This is spread. There's people, um, I, I give you another uh, uh, example, I didn't put this in the book. My grand, she used to put us on assignment. And my assignment was 
we was um, invited to this this religious group. It wasn't Christian. It was, in a way, but it was more like, they were kind of like conscious in a way. They were, they were vegan. So, and so I said, yeah, I represent, I represent the pop. So I, I went. And, you know, I got up and spoke. And after I got up and spoke, you know, a few guests did the same thing. And then the sister, she was like the, the minister. She gets up. She's from another country. She gets up. She's from, she's from, I'm like, I think it's like South America. She's somewhere from South America. She said, I grew up with Prophet Noble Jolly kitchen in my grandfather's house. And I looked at her and said, whoa. That was, that was, I was amazed. I was truly amazed. I was like, whoa. So there are people from out, outside this country that absolutely know that we were here. And, and if you know and share the story, they'll, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. Uh, that was just one great experience that I had with the, with the train. But, you know, I praise Allah. Praise Allah. And I, I just want to repeat that. Because I, I don't want anyone to skip over this and not let this sink in. You spoke at an event and a sister from South America, born and raised in South America, got up and said that she grew up in a house where her father had a picture of Prophet Noble Jirali. Is that correct? Uh-huh. That's correct. Absolutely correct. In South America, y'all. Y'all need to let that sink in for one moment. <laughs> I, just, I, I really got to let, you know, emphasize that because, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we we say, um, yeah, you know, a prophet is a universal prophet, uh, ETC, and all of that. But when you really can demonstrate and, and see the evidence of it and experience the evidence of it that, Truly, you know, the 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 work that the prophet was doing, you know, it is is greater than we can even imagine. Because the him going to the Pan American Conference in 1928, it really happened. You know, some there are some people who try to downplay that. It really happened. Um, and with what the prophet did, you know, demonstrated in chapter 45 of Amoshoi Quran, that you know, that's proof right there. You know, your experience, you know, waiting for your ride. Um, that other experience with the sister from South America, it's real, you know, Asiatics and Muslims, right there. So um, praise Allah for that. Definitely praise Allah. Um brother, I mean, I know we went over a lot. I know you you and there's so much more I know you can you can go into. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I do respect your time. Um, is there anything that, you know, you want to touch on, um, that we have not touched on in reference to your book? Um, yeah, there, there are certain things 
if you, if we're going back to numerology, but the problem with that is why I'm certain we brought certain symbols. So when you, when you, when you feel like, all right, seven. Now all of a sudden, seven always come up. You know, chapter nine um, deals with humanity. Number nine, in actuality, is a symbol of humanity in numerology. All right, so in my book, you know, we deal with seven, and, you know, we were taught in the Western thought, there are five senses. The five senses is for your your sight, sound, you know, the basic five senses. The sensories, they're designed for the manifestation here on Earth. Those are the tools that you use for survival. But no one really taught you about your six or seven senses. Your sixth sense and your seventh sense. It's there. We say these things, we experience these things, but we just answer a lot. He's like, God, you know. So, in my book, I was speaking about reincarnation. And I'd be, oh man, reincarnation. Let me, let me tell you, what, what, I studied reincarnation for three years. I just studied, extensive study for three years. And a lot of my people would listen to, different forms of the radio. At the time, the internet, I was into a radio station called um, Coast to Coast AM. And they're talking about, you're talking about some deep stuff. I mean, really, really deep stuff. Well, anyway, there was an author that came on here. And I was trying to go back in the archives to, when I finished my book, I was trying to, trying to get to the archives to find this information. But he brought out a different sign of reincarnation. And, and I'm like, oh, man, I said, that's right on point. And see, now one of the books that I have from the 1800s speaks about the science of that. And it, it's in the story. I'm going to tell you that story in a minute. But to rule you by your process, everything you see, you want. Everything you hear, you think is true. Everything you taste, you want to eat. Everything you touch, you want to feel and feel for it to a point where you want to grasp, you want to take it, or you want to consume it. it smell good. I want to eat it. It smells good. I don't care what it is. It could, it could be a rat that, that just juiced me up. It smells good. It's clean. So you're ruled by your five cents. So when you go into your sixth and then your seventh sense, you supersede that. Then you go into your spirituality. That's when you go into your consciousness. That's when you really get conscious. That's what chapter two is all about. The teachers were teaching um, the, the mothers, the educators. That's what they're dealing with, with Confucius. Confucius says, knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance. And so, when you are teaching, when you are being how you exercise your sense of your sixth sense and your seventh sense. So, to give an example how it works, someone says, um, well, Tim, I just was thinking about you, man, and you, and you just pulled up. You never gave me any, you never gave me any thought. Man, I just really called you, man, and you called me. You never gave me any thought. You know, the telepathic. 
Never give me any thought what it is or how to use it. And see what it does to cripple us. We, now we, we are dependent upon our position. Now, the story goes like this. There was a story about this, this stage. It was a massive stage. And he had a lot of students. But only one student was worthy to receive um, the spiritual guidance. But he didn't give him while he was living. He didn't give him the more spiritual guidance. So what, what occurred was the, the, the master stage passed. And when he passed, he was this. See, when you carry a form, you want a certain frequency. But when you leave that form, it goes into a high frequency. So when you go into that high frequency, it's it's in the, it's in the ether. It's in it's in a realm in, within the ether. For example, if you're in a room full of full of people, you're in a room with a full of thought, but you don't see it. You feel it. We all experience at one time we feel something that somebody's staring at me. You look at somebody staring at you. Alright, so what is that? that you know, you would say deja vu and all that, but it's not. And so when the master stage passed, that information that that master stage has is still in the ether. And so the student, the covenant student, was in the vicinity. And what occurred was that information that the master stage had, he received it. He received that what you call jewel. That's reincarnation. That means he received the soul knowledge of the stage. He's still being himself, but he received an addition information pass on to the next generation. That's science. That's science. To European, what he's done is all of a, I don't use, I don't like to use the term of religion in, in a way as prescribed to what is being presented. And I, and I mentioned that in my first book. What I'm saying is that when you begin to observe and grasp the science, Europeans can't touch it. Because you mastered that. But now you you're dependent on we dependent on technology. The cell phone. Where cell phone came from? The telepath. They do movies about it, they think it's a real that's real reality because we are three dimensional beings. Take an example. When you go to the West and you drink, what do you see with? You ever thought about that? Do you see your dream? Right. You don't see with your eye. You don't see with a physical right. eye. Right. And it's not a third eye. That's your first eye. It's no such thing as a third eye. It's your first eye. Exactly. That's your real eye. That's right. your vision. Now, I had experience. I now can hear in my dream. On that plane. I don't have no ears. So what I'm learning is there's a different dimension. But you know, you're not, you're not, you're not being taught that. Right. Well, they said you can never beat the European materialistic. He has a huge side. So who's going to teach it to you? So when you go in your sixth or seventh cent, all right, like, you know, there's X 
exercises, you know, to help you with that and enhance you, you know, to enhance you into that. You know, people go and, you know, intuition, all of this, but you got to, you got to study that how to use to your advantage. You know, so Indeed. when all races of religions were teaching this, I found out, I got a lot of literature on What they did is they restructured the meaning of it, and then some of them stopped it because it didn't fit their doctrine. That's why they left it all out. And then we took it on and oh man, we, we believe everything. I'm like, oh, come on, man. We, we got set up with. With the information that was bringing to us, there's a um, there's a science that I learned from my, my grand sheik called "Pick the Roses from the Thorns." See that in the Quran, right? Right. What it is is that you can you can gain many you can gain a lot of information, but how do you really know that it's true or not? All right, and that that happens. That's like that's like to really get in tune with that. You have to build um I would say oh you have to build a certain energy level for this. And this this is not an overnight thing too. Is that once you get once you obtain that frequency, then you know what is true or not. Because their mind can easily be persuaded, just like a blink of an eye. Just like a blink of an eye. It can be persuaded just like that. Just like that. You know, they, and the next thing is in consequence. You can be this, and then you can be that. Just like a blink of an eye could change, just like that. But see, there's, there's hidden things that I was taught to know that it's true or not. So in other words, somebody wrote a letter, right? Somebody wrote a letter, and I can look at the letter and say, hey, and I see something totally different than what that person sees, you know, that has the letter. Because the letter says, and the person wrote the letter saying, saying something that he did, and, and he did this to me. And this did that, did that. And I can see the letter, and I can say, "Hey, look, you know what this letter actually said." I said, the, 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 "The writer didn't know that when he's revealing." Mm. And I said, "Well, well, the letter, the letter states that he actually turned on himself." Right. There's a science to that. It's a whole different level. Indeed. Islam, Islam, that that um wow. that that definitely speaks to the aspect of um what well, what we know in the more holy Quran where it says the uh about the sin lies in the intent, the wish, yes. the intent, not the act. Right. Um, and you also spoke about your your explanation on reincarnation. That brings a whole new perspective when we go through our questionnaire. And it asks the question, what is a prophet? A prophet is a thought of a law manifested in flesh. So the thought, as you mentioned, you get you gave that example about being in a room full of thought, you know, how the, the master died, but he wanted to give information. And then later on, 
the student received the thought <laughs> and that was the that was the manifestation right exactly right so it, it brings a whole new you know just um going back into chapter one about so uh -huh. thought of Allah being a seed and you know um you know infinite um thoughts of Allah are infinite you know that that means it's not circumscribed by time you know right. you know it's not confined by you know time so that means that you know we, when we're man himself is not the body nor the soul he is the spirit and a part of Allah so the true spirit man you know there is no death for us there is right we know that you know and we also know that, you know, so in reality, our thoughts, our essences manifest even when we're no longer in the physical per se or the physical body we were we we were born in at a particular time, you know, we are still manifesting on the plane, the essence of us is still manifesting on the plane of manifest could be through our children, you know, could be on in certain other ways. People who, you know, we talk about musicians, you do music. We know great musicians like Bob Marley and st stuff. Right, right. You know, when you hear his, I can tell you personally, just I, I'm a huge Bob Marley fan. When I hear his music, it's like he's here, you know, the essence, because you, you get that energy, that frequency of his thought, the way he, you know, what he put into the music and that and that and that's important and that, and that just ties into what everything you're saying i'm just going on you know the thoughts are coming to my head as you were explaining that about uh reincarnation about thought you know even in our questionnaire it talks about you know jesus you know first reincarnated into prophet muhammad the conqueror you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um so it's definitely in our lessons, without question. Um, right. And that's a definitely a, a very important aspect, like like you said, a lot of Moors don't touch on, and you explained it perfectly. Um, I was blessed, you know, praise Allah, when we came to your, uh, came to your temple, when we visited your temple that day, you did an exercise on that aspect, on telepathy, and uh it was very 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 powerful um definitely definitely uh so praise a lot for that um i want so with that i want to say you know tell everybody again if you have not ordered the book please order that book it is definitely worth it we we touched on we scratched the surface we wasn't going to read the whole book it's it's a lot in here, um, but what my brother brother Eric has spoken on is by far um, some powerful jewels, powerful jewels. Um, praise Allah! Um, again, noble soul, the mystical sciences of the man, the more, and the message. Um, this is a book that really gets into a lot of the spiritual aspects, the divine aspects of a prophet, as well as it gets on history. Let's not take away from that because you do get into some serious history in this book. Um, 
when you talk about the prophet and, and as well as the Moors. So I don't I don't want to neglect neglect on that. Um, yeah. So when we um just just um since we have a little time, you spoke on in reference because you did you mentioned earlier about Ivan Van Sertiman. You did mention Ivan Van Sertiman in this book. Um, what is some of the key components as far as, for example, when you mention in sixty page sixty three in your book about chapter um, forty seven, um, and then you went into the aspect. And I'm just going to read six, page sixty four. Uh, this section real quick. Uh, with Noble Jalil's teachings of the genealogy of Cush and his father Ham, you will see the many family branches of our people that became the divine origin of the Asiatic nations. Now, before the coming of Columbus in America, the inhabitants in North America were already mixed. That is why there were so many tribes of nations of whom they were called Native Americans. It was said that the numerous evidence suggests that Muslims, Moors from Spain and West Africa arrived in America's at least five centuries before Columbus. Now, and, and we just mentioned about what you mentioned about the, um, the sister in South America, right. uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, I want to ask about in connection with that also about the, because you said you, you went and found out more about the origins of eel and bay. So uh, what were some connections that, or some of your findings on that? Hmm. On the eel and bay? Yeah. And, um, well, first let me ask you this. It, it, cause I'm, was there in your injury? Because I know there's a spiritual aspect on it, but as far as the history of it, did, were you able to find anything in connection with um, the Moors as it was in, in their involvement being in Americas? Like the, um, um, I want to say like tribes, because one of, one of the things we've always was taught or I've been taught uh, one of the demonstrations about the Eland Bay is that um, they're more than just titles. It also connects to tribes. So in terms of that, did you find anything of that nature? And if so, or if not, what did you find in relationship to Eland Bay? Yeah, that, that's what, um, that's what taking away in, in regards to, um, to the tribe and name. Because they, they renamed most of the tribe. All right? So, before they even go back into the Natty Coast, from the Delaware, the Delaware Moors, where when the Negro Act and all the stuff they're trying to say, it's like, hey, man, we, we got Negroes and we got Indians. That's as far as you can go back. And then you had the Moors of Sundry. As, as a matter of fact, that's where, that's something. Uh, South Carolina is where Brother John Givenzeal was born. He was born in that Moorish community in Sumter. 
That's where the wars were at. Right. So, you know, that's where we find a connection. When we look on the records and saying, you know, we're not, we not, we not, we, they already knew. You, you're trying to say that we're Indians. We're not. They're so messed up. You know, even the Indians are not Indians. You know, it was a, a, it was a, a story. One of the sisters says it was a, a, a brother that works on the dollars from India. His wife called. And he said something about the Indians here. She said, he said, what Indian? You know, she she was amazed. She's still an Indian. She never, I don't think she's been in America. And they call themselves Indian. We're not Indian. So, it's a lot of, it's a puzzle. I can refer to certain books um, in regards to, well, you know, the, the Natty Code. Of course, they talk about that in connection with that. But you Here's a, this, I'm going to give you another angle, how you connect it. The, the angle is, is, if people were here, then they have to leave something for evidence to know that you're here. So if you're doing an investigation of a crime, the first thing they do is watch, look at the scene. And the scene will let you know that this particular individual is here. Well, guess what? That's what they found here in America. They found old pipes, you know, like pipes that smoking pipes. It's like, wait a minute, hold up. These are the same type of pipes they have in Morocco. And then they found other things. They found coins. Right? Now, this book is, is called Africa and the Discovery of America by Leo Weiner. He gives you the information. That's what, when Ivan Ventura and my father woke up, that's how he woke up. He woke up to these Europeans giving this information out. Then he started writing the book, um, you know, Ancient and Golden Age of the Moors, and stuff like that. Um, unexpected faces in ancient America. You got artifacts. You got artifacts of a, of a, of a um, a stone, so like a stone, you can see it's just like an old man. You can tell he got a fez on. It's on a full page. I heard his book is a lot of money now. My little brother was looking for his book. He said, "Man, that book about a thousand dollars." I said, "Man, I had this book for a long time." But it's called "Unexpected Faces" by Alexander Van Wooten. <laughs> Not only that, if you look at tradition dances. That they're do, that they're doing here, you'll find that out that they're doing the same thing in Africa. Oh wait a minute! A, a European woman did an investigation. She went to Africa, and that's how she studied. She studied like I. Right, she came back in the records. So wait a minute, they're doing the same thing. How is that possible? No, no, we far away, but still doing the same thing. with it may, it may have a different name. It may have. A different language, but pretty much you're doing pretty much the same thing. That's how you connect. If you can't connect the name, but somehow, somewhere, there is a name to it. Um, I can't, this is a long name, but at the end of the name is Bayon. Um, a brother gave that information. Because they usually tell you who, who was in that area at the time that they came here and they said this tribe was, that tribe was, and they renamed the tribe. When they left evidence, they leave evidence in the name
name of the tribe is inside that name. It's a long name with a little evidence in it. And that's why I see Bayon. Um, so their, their evidence beyond our imagination. And the things that they did, because I do have the story of the, um, the artifacts of ancient Egypt and India in the Grand Canyon. Well, wait a minute, how did that get there? And recently, in the last, I think, four or five years, a guy wrote, he did a research to find out that it was true. You know, and I knew this back in the 80s. <laughs> so, there are evidence out here, but they ain't not telling people. There's an old, uh, uh, a story that the elders used to say. Not used to say, but the elders said. It was in Philadelphia. This was referring to Philadelphia. So his brother went to the museum. And he saw, uh, he saw, uh, a, 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 like a, an encased. Something was encased. And he went and seen with the turban that says, and it says, these were taken off the moors in, in such and such a year. He said when he seen that, he ran out trying to get the moors to come and, and, and look for it. You know, you know, to look at it. And they took it out. They took it away. So they have the information. They're not going to share it with everybody. You know, so they're trying to hide, but you really can't hide it. You know, you have Europeans writing out this information for a long time. Yeah, we already been here. You know, even the clothes, the clothes that you wear. The crew that we were more that was here. That's in um, Ivan Mansurdable book. He wrote the description of what we're wearing and found out they were wearing that same thing in Morocco. Right. You know, wait a minute. You know, how was that? That's evidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's evidence. That's, that's oh, right. And, 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 and the other thing, ancient and great, uh, ancient and modern Britain, the book, two volume book. No, no, no. He, he also lived in Richmond. And he was raised by the Drew family in Norfolk. He was adopted into the Drew family in Norfolk, Virginia. And he was a uh, shoreman that would allow him to go out, you know, in the shore on the boats and stuff. He moved to Richmond and became a porter for railroad. He left Richmond and went to North. And then he begins to, to preach. On the, he's like, you know, he's down on the corner. And you, you can look it up. I mean, they'll look up the records. Yeah. But the key was, when he was in Richmond, he was never known as Timothy. So you ain't going to find him on Timothy. You're going to find him on the Eli. Mm. Eli Drew. 
I'm so glad you said what you said. And the reason why I'm so glad you said what you said is because in, in the past what what year or so, there's been um a discussion, an ongoing discussion amongst certain moors about the name he used. Now, um there's been a couple of um writers, uh, researchers who have pulled up records and uh -huh. where they connected um, the prophet to the name Thomas. And, you know, of All course, right. it, there's been more who swore up in that one. Well, no, that can't be it. And here, I'm hearing from you and you was raised in, you was basically raised in the temple and you telling me this information on this also the virginia aspect the virginia factor as well and more uh -huh. no 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 can't be because it says in the questionnaire but yet and still and and, and we're not no you know if you, you know we're not saying the prophet lied on anything because the, the the questionnaire is a questionnaire but you, you explaining it in such a way where it paints a bigger better picture and you said in virginia he was known as eli You'll find them on the right. Eli drill. So, uh -huh. you know, that gives a whole new aspect on just the fact, like you said, it, it, it's evident that he moved in certain ways. And, um, you know, in my research, you know, there was a couple of men who, who did that. They used certain names at certain times. Um, right. You know, and it, it wasn't as uncommon but we know why we can understand uh -huh. why he did it like you said yeah. they was they was watching the forerunner they was watching marcus garvey and it you know yeah it, it yeah it, it makes sense it, it makes sense yeah, because see um they got you know the amount of research the um, Marcus Garvey's right hand man was was uh, in a form. His right hand man was in a form. They actually was going to get him 
um, they was trying to get him from work, Marcus Garvey, but they couldn't pin it on him. So what they did is, before the guy, his right-hand man passed, he was trying to say, well, you know, the best party time thing they can, can do, or if they can do is get him on mail for him. Get him out of here. So, and, and you know, it's interesting. I don't look at everything by accident. I go with the law. That was the one of the seven harmonic laws. We talk about law governs all these things. So, a certain event, you know, you can't. Well, when I realized this, there's something that was said to me. And this is a being a student perspective, right? So, when something said something to me, I'm being neutral. My position is neutral. I'm not going to take my mind. I'm talking about my mind is neutral. That's when we get caught up. If your mind is already decided that I am right, you're not going to adhere to the message. You're not going to get the truth. As long as you put up that wall. That's what I'm talking about. Western thought. It does that. That's a Christian. That's why the prophet said we'll return Christianity back. Because when you set up in defense, you have to be neutral in order to receive something that can benefit you in the future. And so when something said, somebody said something in this and they said, back and say, all right, let me, let me research a little bit more. But the thing is, is what type of research that you're doing? I'm doing research in science. You know, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing a whole different, you know, angle at it. So wait a minute, what, 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 what? I'm just not this I'm like, wait a minute. But I understood. Because, look, man, you talk about the 20s, three before the 20s. You talk about the 1910, 12, 13. And you don't know what type. This, this, this was a madhouse. You thought he was a world of You had to deal with Europeans. You had to deal with. This was a common legend, man. You had to be careful. That's right. You, know, you had to be really careful out here. And you, you have to zig and zag. Because if they find you starting to. To them, to them it's a revolution. When I went to Marcus Garvey exhibit, man, I say, brother, that there was so much drilling of spirit in that uh, exhibit, man. I thought my, my kids were starting to go. I was like, man, this magnitude, it, it put me right in the air. And what that brother had to go through. The 1934 speech sets it all off for everything, but it couldn't give you the essence of what nobody brought it the certain things that, that Marcus Garvey did, he had to do, but he knew he didn't supposed to do it. But he was told to do that. He didn't want to go to use the word Negro. He didn't want to use that. Cohen said to use that because it bring the attention of the Negro. That's how messed up we were. That's how messed up we were. The, the, the flag, that's a banner, red, black, and green. That was, the, um, the same on floor. But that was already in existence from um, uh, one of the empires we had in there. But it was, um, you know, he brought into he brought in the banner. But, you know, he knew they couldn't bring in a flag, but he brought it to the essential stuff to to go on to carry on. But no was wrong, you know, I mean, in Richmond, in, in the North, in the South, that's why he said, remember the North, I studied the South. Why? We're going to get left in the South. Right. You know, I can see why. I mean, man, I was from New Jersey. I'm here. I'm, I'm here, and I came in Richmond in the '90s. And I'm like, man. And, and I studied the people just like the coffee did. I shake my head. I can see. I can see, and there was a, there's a story. I'll, I'll talk to you later on about it. 
Well, what happened to Brother H in Richmond in the 30s? Mm. Yeah, but he had to do a couple of things. He had to realize that and, and try to find our own truth, find the truth, the truth, because the truth going to set you free. And, you know, with that, you know, we, we don't know why and we don't know how certain things that were done and what the prophet was doing. He didn't want you to know why and how and how. Why? Because you're going to tear it up. That's right. <laughs> you don't tear it up because you're not you're not in your proper station. You you haven't mastered the five point fundamental principle. You destroy you want to destroy the next generation. That's why he didn't. That's why he's protecting his interest. That's why he never told a lot of things to the to the the, the those who around him. He only served certain people. That's pretty much the count on one hand. Just think about it. Yeah. You start an organization and it grows so big that you have to appoint people in different positions. But when you appoint somebody, that that means that you want to, you have to earn those titles. Right. You have to earn those titles. Not that not that I give it to you because you deserve it. I've given it to you so you can earn it. And if you don't earn it, what the prophet did? Mm, took it. Took it back. Traditional law. That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Serious. And we I mean, already know. Yeah, what's going on there, man? I mean, yeah. Look, here's another lesson I'm learning. Study. When I studied the prophet to another angle, I studied the behavior of the members back at the time. I said back and look. So she wrote about it. Kevin Edgar, taking over your morals. She wrote about it. So I studied the act of what they were doing. Divine mm. war. All right, what's, what, what's going on? What's going on for him to do that? What? And then he's like, oh, man. So he already, when he said this, when he talked about and Kevin Esther, what do you mean by I know what every member is that? When he said that, if you if you were in the presence, like so what Al would say, when you were in the presence, it seemed like she's looking like throwing you. All right, that's the one of the lessons I was talking about intuition. He already know you. He already know. Right. So if he asked you something, that was a setup. So if he said something to you to set up to, to let to, to, to see what you're going to say, right. and then he already did. So how can how can I trust you? And you you know, but it is what it is. Child, but he had to get this movement started. Right. That's why I, said, I came for the young and the unborn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That is so true. It, it it just speaks volumes of, you know, what the prophet went through, um, to to get this movement done for the future generations who he had to deal right. with, you know, and right. um, he faced he faced a lot of opposition. He faced opposition, um, 
and we're not just talking about Europeans. He faced oppositions, as we know in um, the literature, um, in the um, in the historical, Morris Leaders' historical message to America. He talked about the Christian preachers, right? Right. Talked about them, and we know from you know just studying history what he dealt within the ranks in the temple. You know that. Exactly. Um, so he was facing oppositions from all sides. So to to deal with that, the, the work, you know, it says a lot for a person to be just have the strength and, and the willingness to even deal with it. Because the average man and woman wouldn't even bother. <laughs> they, they wouldn't even yeah. bother, you know. Yeah, man. So that's, that's, that's sacrifice right here. Yes. And see, when I was coming up, you know, it's like, you know, I've seen a lot of things and I've been around a lot. And, you know, as a young person in the temple, I'm like, you know, I could have did the same thing. I could have been like, man, man, let me get out of here. But, uh, you know, I'm cool with the fact that I'm not in the temple for, for me. You know, I'm in the temple for the future. Right. Right. That, that, that's what my, my, my thing is. So what, what, the, what I have to offer for the future generation. That's what I'm talking about. Right. That's the key. That's the key to um that knowledge, that wisdom, and that understanding that you know takes you through that twelve step ladder. You know that yeah that we have to use the tools of the workshop of the mind. We we are definitely um yeah yeah. Twelve body system. Do you, do you, okay. Since you mentioned it, yeah. what, <laughs> could, could you just go a little bit into it? Just a little bit. All right. So your your
to really read it, you would enhance. I mean, enhance your way of And so, the 12 step, like, um, all right, let's, let's go with, um, uh, Because some of them you can find in the Quran, but some of them you have to go into the Quran. Alright. Let's go with uh, 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 modesty. Teach them modesty. Yes. Teach them how to be humble. Teach them to be, you know, humble in life. Because that's how you're going to reach your higher dimensions of life. So, how? So, if you're not humble, All right, so what are the something if you do the opposite, it's gonna mess up some of your systems in, in your body, one of your one of your twelve systems in your body. And that's something I'm working on right now. That's my book in the middle of it. I'm gonna write it down, obedience, modesty, and all that, and I'm gonna have it next to um what system does it it, it is um like temperance. Yes. Temperance self restraint. Remove, remove negative energy. And so what more is that separate, you know, connect with? Right, right. So I, got to, I don't have it right now, but I'm going to have to look at each system to find what negative emotions that we get about, which cause toxins in your body. What is your system going to shut down? It's on. Your system is not designed for hate. Right. There's something that that I was taught called the inner, the inner, the inner, the inner smile, and in, in the inner smile, when I'm meditating, I smile. I'm smiling while I'm meditating. Why? Because I'm smiling because it brings joy to my organs. My organs rejuvenate itself. You're gonna hear your own stuff. Your organs rejuvenate itself because you told me reminding that your organs, you're happy. You know, so that's the inner smile. There's also the term called jewel. The organs of the jewel. So if you get cold, if you in the cold, because I, I work in a cold environment, that's why I got a cold. If you if you if you're in a cold, what's the first thing to get cold? Yeah, hands. You, what is it? First thing is your is it not your hands? Like your hands or what else? Your feet. Right. That's why you don't. That's why your feet and hand cold. Because your body says, "Man, look, we we could put that to shut this down." You know, to get your toes, get your hands. We got to protect your organs. So that's why the hands and feet get cold. Everything else protects the organs. Those are your juice. So when with the inside note with that. When they start to, um, in our community, when they start having alcohol, right? Right. And they start having the, 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 the things that's in the alcohol, that's detrimental to the health as well as the body, but it's detrimental to your, your state of mind. So, you're, some of us indulge in it excessively. 
And so then it's going to bring out your negative traits. Everybody, everybody has a positive negative. Everybody. That's why the prophet talks about the high self and low self. You know, one can't have this history after that. And sin, sin means wrongful thinking. So the sin lies in the wish, not in the act. So sin actually is wrongful thinking. Even though I didn't commit to commit it, but I thought about it, oh, I messed up all right. Why? That's why I said, your spirit goes before your form. That's the same thing with your form. So, you know, you're, you're, that's, we, we think unconsciously and say that we conscious. Wow, that's deep. It is. That's deep to think about. See, in meditation, one of the things I learned, when you meditate, all right, the question I, I'm at the point now, I was like, all right, now I'm going to ask you a question. I was like, oh, when you meditate, who is the one that you meditate? So who is the one that is meditating? Yeah, if you're meditating, who, who is the one that you meditate? That's a good question. <laughs> It would have to be. I mean, I I would I would take it that as my higher self that 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 is meditating as far as okay. Why the higher self need to meditate? Good point. Good good point. Now I say that because I say things to make people think. And so when the Moors come out the temple, I say something, I'll leave it. I just leave it. I just leave it. I just leave it. I don't pretty much don't give an answer. That's the way I was taught because the problem is I can get you to think for yourself. Right. But I've said this because when you meditate, you have to understand. You have to be observant to what's going on. Observe. This is when I give out information, I'm not giving my opinion. I'm not giving you my perception. I'm giving you my experience and my observation. Right. So when I meditate, it's a totally different concept than I, when I used to. And I never understood. That's what I take years. You know, it'll take years to get to the point, to this particular point. You, are, you arrive at something that's really, really deep. There's, again, there's many forms of meditation. Right. So, you know, I thought, oh, well, I threw that out there. It's like, all right, who's the one that needs meditation? Or, how would you identify yourself? In, in, in regards to the I. Right, right. All right, I, I'm going to hear, I'm going, but well, you're not I. Mm. Yeah. You're just, 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 you so what is he telling you? He's, t- he's telling you that you need to be the question and the answer. You have to ask yourself the question in order to get the answer. 
So, I, so you that prompts me to ask this question, brother Eric. Um, because you mentioned about the eye, and and I, and I and um, I've read different things about this, and 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 this is really a deep subject because it 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 forces one to kind of strip the the limiting factors of, of them of what they identify themselves as. You know, like you said, the different titles we take on. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Even, even dealing with the flesh, even dealing with your birth, your, your birth name, all that. Um, the, the term of I am, cause I hear people talk about, I am that I am, like it says in the Bible, who should I say sent me? What, what, what level of realization or self-realization is that coming to or or is it even self realization based on your your experience? Right, when you say self realization, I'm, in other words, I'm realizing that I am that I am. Right. It, 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 it goes, that, yes. That goes back to the question: Who is I am? Right. Right. It's it, it, the thing we get you to think. You see, we must understand we live in a, a uh, materialistic. You know, we, we materialize on Earth, all right? So we use the terms in a physical aspect to only what? To navigate around our surroundings. That's the reason why you have your five senses. So you want to use terms like that. You want to use terms like I, you know, or me. That's the way you were, the way you were taught. I mean, it's, you grow, you grow into that. You, you, you graze into saying that because what it is is when remember when I said your mind is computer. Yes, it, it's going to pick up everything that's around it. It's going to be a parent. We will become a parent. Say I, I, say me, me, and you become. But you want to wear what? Why do I need to say I? Why do I need to say me? And no one can define that. Really, nobody can define that. Now, now, let me go into the deep science in regarding to what you the statement you just said. Now, when the, when the prophet talks about the sign of brotherhood, that's where it started off at. There's a period, a period of a time you didn't need to say anything. You know, when you at, when you at that particular point in the sign of brotherhood, you know, no, I don't need to say I am. I don't need to say that. I know. But not, not in the verbal aspect. It's the vibrational frequency that you feel on. And the only way to connect that is love. There's no other way around. Indeed. That's why it's the importance of love. That's the high pinnacle of everything. That's the source of book. And that is the source, like the root of root. The call is called in which all things have grown. Love is the pinnacle. If you can't learn to love instead of hate, you can, you can pull it up right now. You're, you're gone. You're not going to evolve. You may get, um, you know, little, um, 
understanding of certain little things and all that. But that, that pinnacle, man, that pinnacle love ain't no joke. Love ain't manifest. In chapter one, he tells you the sister came here first. Then the brother. The feminine and the masculine is is on the same frequency. Once it's cut, once it's in the vicinity, because they have they have to work with each other. So some men in the physical have. <clears throat> Formation.
You see all those Christians together. They did all turn their church to the right. They all turn to the left. Why? Because they're on the same frequency. Right. They're on the same vibrational frequency. They understand that. We are out of nature. Exactly. The Bible trying to get us back to nature. The natural. It ran so deep that we gotta learn to love instead of hate because we out of nature. Mm. Yeah. We don't have acknowledge. We don't have acknowledge. You know, the, the, the nature, the beauty that it is. Because the ancient war saying, the, the, the trees of the lungs of the earth. The old war saying, trees of the lungs of the earth. So the trees, you know, when, when, when um, my Tai Chi instructor would go out to the park with the Tai Chi, and she would look at the room, look at the tree, they ask permission. We have to ask permission to get energy or transform, which means transform negative to positive to energy. We have to ask permission. You just can't go take it. Okay, but we're all selfish. We think we can do anything. But with nature, you have to you have to operate on nature at the same frequency. To order to obtain um, your life force. Right. Right. Either sit there and listen to the war. That's a form of meditation right there. Right. Brother, this is powerful, man. Yo, you just you just you took it you took it uh yeah, you, you took it on high, brother. And I pray praise Allah, give all praise to Allah for this. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. This is, um, this is definitely a needed discussion. Um, because yeah, it just is, it just is. Um, because what you, what you said, I, I, you said it all, <laughs> you said it all. I can, I can honestly say, it. um, again, brother, brother Eric, this is brother Eric Munchen Bay. The author of Noble Soul. Get the book. Be on the lookout for his next book as well on the Esso Science. Um, definitely. Um, we are going to conclude this discussion. And brother Eric, um, I want to thank you. I can't. I can't thank you enough for taking your time out to. Um, get on this program on this platform and just build you know and um and um sharing sharing with with well, the knowledge that you have grown this long we're putting the platform out you know it's like this is actually this is my first it's, um you know by now i'm, I'm really kind of um with the words you file for it that i don't see that I, i'm 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 one of those silent brotherhood I'm silent, but not, I'm not heard in a certain way. I'm certain the only way, the way, the way you can hear from me is to pretty, pretty much to my books. But I don't go, I don't go on the lectures. I don't do none of that. Yes, I don't do anything that. I, I, all I do is write, research, and you know, you know, the temple is open for everybody. Uh, I don't have, I'm not discriminating. It's open for everybody. More and more is going to come out. You know, they can come on out. And you know as well that when you come out to the temple, the more is going to be one of the requirements is to 
remove your what, brother? Your shoes. Yes, sir. Remove your shoes. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's just a blessing, brother, man, um, uh, that you, you know, starting something like this and be on the path to give information out for the authors. And I met a good few of them along the way. I'm good, a lot of good brothers. Um, uh, to our brother Hawking and his yes. family. Yeah. Shelly. And, um, you know, I met a lot of good brothers in the circle. And we bond, brother, uh, she, Charles Brown Hill. Yes. Um, yeah, they have a lot of authors. Uh, brother Haru in, um, uh, Georgia. Yes, brother Haru. Uh, right. Yeah. We shared a table and that's like I could met him. Praise and, Allah. Um, you know, we got to talk about you, too. I think one day we all need to collaborate and then do one together on different topics. Yes. And have one good book, you know, on different topics. You know, and, and something in my mind is like this. It's called many paths. Many paths mean, let's say you're going to a destination. There's a destination that you need to go and I need to go. Or five people. We all come from different directions. But we all go to get there. That's what I call many paths. Many people came in the movement from many different directions. Right. But they came and derived to one destination. And that's why I see when writers, you know, what we do, we come from different angles, different paths. You know, so I got off the path of this. It's just it's like, well, let me go. This is my call. You know, this is my call. It, it, the, 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 the type that I do. And to expound and give you a whole different view of things. You know, because sometimes... When a reader, a lot of us, some of us don't like to read. Right. And those who do, sometimes you can read, they don't understand. But I just told you about the law of learning. You don't understand something, let it pass you by. Don't, don't refuse it. Don't say, oh man, come on, man, that, that's crazy. You, you, you left, you left, you, you, you're losing yourself from that. So that's what it means. What you're actually doing is demonstrating what you don't know. When you say that, Cancel, you cancel your information for advancement out. So what you have to do is say, all right, I don't understand it by now, let me get it to the side so I'm prepared for it. So when it come up again, yeah, I know what it is now. I know what I mean. Yeah, I understand it a little bit better. Because there's all this information is for your people. But it comes from different angles. It's your perception on how you take it, how you understand it. Understanding is the rock which man builds himself. It is the analysis of the heart. How you build yourself. So when it's like when we have our Sunday school, you may have I say a, a question, and someone may have a lot of answers. I say everybody's right. How can everybody be right? According to the understanding they are. I'm not here to to um so I'm not the tip to, to, to teach, but they also to get you to think. Teach you how to think, not what to think. Right, right. That, that's how I teach. I teach you how to think, not what to think. So if your answer is different than their answer, I mean, I'm like, all right, that's, that's your rock, that's your rock. But you have to build on that. Like I said, I don't think the same way I did 20 years ago or 32 years ago in the temple. I don't think the same way. That, that, that's showing me I'm progress. It demonstrates in the book I write. The research that I do. 
I just keep in mind the humbleness and being a student along this long journey to absorb in my in my view what's before me and to distinguish truth from error in a whole different in a whole different perspective of a different life. With no agenda. I don't have an agenda. You know, it's presenting information for the future. That's what Noah God did. He presented information for the future. But it's up to that individual one to find out what he brought. He already told you where they were at. In the Quran, the question, the literature. He already, already, already demonstrated where they at. You had to study what's in it. What's, what's lies behind these words? The pamphlet. The pamphlet itself means something. Mm. Yes, and we have... Um, Which the problem will be solved 
and you will be opening the door to opportunity. Indeed. Yeah. So every chapter you go to, there's a door to opportunity, but it's up to you. But your mind got to be prepared for it. You got to be prepared. That's why I like I'm in. The person has you got to be prepared for this. Sometimes go over people's heads. You need to prepare. How can I get prepared? You got to open your mind. You got to be humble. You can't cancel out all that information. You can't cancel out all that information. Wow. That's it. You have to be open. So, so hey, that, that's the possibility. Why did that possible? What does that mean? What's the significance of that? All right, yeah, I understand. All right. And then you begin to, to you see, you begin to grow. You know, the European system killed um, the growth. The system is always going to have you like a child. If you look back and look at it, it's always going to have you like a child. It's not, it's not designed for you to grow spiritually or intellectually. The only thing that you are doing is in regards to the form of man. The reason why man falls, the fall of man, is that of those who fail to recognize the spiritual mind shining within them. And they dwell in the continuity a state of darkness and ignorance. In a general sense, the fall represents the distinct nature of spirit into matter. Oh. That's it. Fall of man. Chapter one. That's ego. Huh? What you say? I said, and that's ego. Once again, gratitude, honors to you, um, breathing this holy breath. You, you, you brought a lot. Um, oh, look, anytime, Mo, you, you, you want to do this again? I know this is your first interview, and it's a powerful uh-huh. discussion. It's just a powerful one. Anytime, Mo, you, this platform is always open to you. Um, Praise the Lord. 
and going to the Quran in different verses on, on different levels of we will make that happen, brother. I, I promise you, because um, P, I know the people want to. The people need to hear this coming from you, um, and I, I'm love. I loved every minute of of this, um, and I know everybody who stayed to the end. I know they enjoyed it as well. Praise Allah, and people will be able to play this back as well, of course, um, on YouTube. So again. Check it out. Get the brother's book, Noble Soul. And this will, we will conclude this episode of Masterminds with Brother Shemel. Uh, brother Eric, thank you. And uh, thank we, you, will, we will make this happen again, brother. Thanks a lot. Let me see one more thing. Yes, sir. I'm always going to stay in my, my books. Um, a couple of things I always say, and, and I know it's in my book. But uh, in a couple of them, but one of the things I was going to say in regards to uh, um, my always my last statement, I was always going to I'm going to incorporate in my last statement. But it, what I want to say is this: my voice is losing. Let love be the fragrance of your aura, so that you will absorb the pure essence of you. With that, I say peace. Islam, brother, gratitude, Islam. peace and love. Peace. 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 Pe